are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's talk about it on this Monday, your Super Wild Card Weekend. Only four games instead of five. Two more coming today. We'll talk about the four that happened this past weekend. But, of course, we will spend most of it on that Green Bay-Dallas game because we need to. I've thrown my hands up. I'm not even a Cowboy fan, and I throw my hands up for what this franchise does next. Your guess is as good as mine, but so much to talk about here. And there is a potential major scheduling snafu if a few more upsets happen in the NFC, and I'll tell you what that all is about coming up momentarily. So let's start off with the picks for this weekend. Went 2-2. Two and two. Had the Houston Texans plus the three at home. They won the game outright, was never close. Lost on the Saturday night game, Miami Dolphins 26-7. Losers to Kansas City. We're going to discuss that game and the weather. Lost on the Dallas Cowboys minus seven and a half. What did I tell you on Friday about this game? I said, this is either a game the Dallas Cowboys are going to blow out the Packers or they're going to lose the game outright. I just chose the wrong one. I just did not see this being a close game on a Dallas victory. I I, I just thought they were going to blow them out, and clearly I was wrong. So were a lot of people. And then I won with the Rams plus three, getting the cover, only losing by one to the Lions. So let's start with the first game. And that was Cleveland at Houston. Joe Flacco, nice story. Seven road playoff wins in his career, tied with Tom Brady for the most. It was a great story to end the season, let's be honest. This guy was sitting on his couch in the middle of October. Then he was starting playoff games. However, maybe we should have taken that into consideration, considering the way he played against the Houston Texans. And I'm just as flabbergasted as you are about C.J. Stroud. What this kid is doing as a rookie is unheard of. Really, it is. Because it's not like this guy is just managing the game and the Houston Texans have have this unpenetrable defense and a running game for days. No. He is the leader of that offense. They lost their best receiver for the year, Tank Dell, out for the year. Now, Nico Collins has filled in great. But the Houston Texans are for real. Do you want to bet against this team in the playoffs? I certainly don't because they're hot. And we have to see. We don't even know who their matchup is yet because of what happened to yesterday's noon game that was supposed to happen. So we have to wait and see. But shout out to the Texans because that was an absolute curb stomping of the Browns. And I don't know what it is about the Browns, but you talk about a team that was Jekyll and Hyde. You look at their team and the way they play defense at home versus on the road, it's just bizarre. Do you realize every single Cleveland Browns game went over this year on the road? 9-0 on the road, they went over because they didn't play any defense on the road. Yet they play at home, and you literally can't move the ball on them. Really, really weird. But... Props to the Texans. And right now, unless we have a major upset today and Pittsburgh goes into Buffalo and wins that game, everything's holding to form. It's going to be a very chalky AFC playoffs. 
One's going to play four, and two's going to play three. Because the second game on Saturday night was Miami against Kansas City. And there were two teams on that field that night, yet one of them didn't seem phased by the cold whatsoever. Minus four degrees at kickoff, minus 27 degree wind chill factor for most of the game. And the Kansas City Chiefs threw the ball around the field like it was 80 degrees out. The Miami Dolphins, on the other hand, couldn't do dick. <laughs> it looked like a struggle just to hike the ball. And once again, like, I always throw out statistics for you guys. Some are relevant. Some are maybe not as relevant. But maybe we should have paid a little more attention to the fact that the Miami Dolphins are 0-10 in games where the weather at kickoff is less than 30 degrees. Make that 0-11. And they could have played that game 10 times against the Chiefs. They were never beating them. Not in that I'm saying in that weather. You could clearly see. And it, you know, makes sense. They're from Miami. And I, I heard Kurt Warner on an interview, former Ram quarterback, former Arizona Cardinal quarterback, went to the Super Bowl with both teams. He said something really interesting. He goes, look, I played in St. Louis Dome Stadium. I played in Arizona. They have a retractable roof there, didn't they, when he played? Or maybe it was outside. Whatever the case may be. He said, look, I played in warm weather cities. He goes, you can't prepare to play in Kansas City weather like they had Saturday night. You can't prepare for it. You can't simulate minus 27 on your practice field. He goes, those teams can fly west and play us, and clearly they can play in regular weather, but they can also play better in colder weather. Not saying that every single cold weather team is going to win a game, but maybe we do take it into more of a consideration when it's something that bad, you know? Because minus 27, this wasn't just, oh, they're playing in the cold on Saturday night in Kansas City. No, they're playing in the fourth coldest game in the history of the NFL. And I got to believe that Kansas City, and just watching it, you're just seeing they're going like, Miami has zero chance to win this game. Zero. The touchdown that they did score was almost a fluke. Tua just threw it up. Totally underthrew Tyreek Hill. The cornerback slipped. He caught it and ran for a touchdown. That was it. Were you ever, outside of that touchdown, were you ever in your head thinking watching that game, wow, Miami's doing a really good job with the elements here and moving the ball, and they really seem to be working at a crisp pace right now. Their offense is really hitting on all cylinders. No. It wasn't even close. Like I said, they could have played Kansas City 10 times in that weather Saturday night. They would have lost all 10. Now, it's unfortunate because if the Miami Dolphins play the Kansas City Chiefs in Miami and it's 80 degrees and weather isn't a factor, can they beat them? Absolutely. They played in Germany earlier this year. Kansas City won 21-14, so they played them close. But that one wasn't even as close as the final score indicated. That's because the Kansas City Chiefs kicked four field goals. They were inside the red zone four times and couldn't get touchdowns. That game could have easily been... 38-7, but they move on. So your number two seed is the Buffalo Bills. They play today. They were supposed to play yesterday at the noon game. Did you see the video footage from Pitts, from Buffalo? Holy shit. It's one thing to play in snow. It's another thing to play in a field and a stadium that's completely blizzard over. I don't even know how it's going to look today because – the video footage that they were showing all weekend, 
unless it's just, hey, the wind has died down significantly and it's just a bunch of snow, they can clear snow off of a field. But if it's continuing to snow and it's just going to pile up even more, I I don't know how today's game is going to look. But it's certainly going to affect the outcome, I would think. You know? I. But you, Buffalo is used to it. Pittsburgh can play in the cold, but this is like, what kind of cold is this? But man, the video footage was just brutal. The Cowboys, they earned the number two seed in the NFC by beating the Philadelphia Eagles out for the NFC East Championship. They win, they get the number two seed, and they play the seven seed. And for the first time in the history of the NFL playoffs, a seven seed has won a football game, a playoff game. Now, there's only been, this is only the fourth season <laughs> that they've had a seven seed. The seven seeds were 0-6 in the last three years. So, small sample size. But once again, it's the Dallas Cowboys that are got to be the ones that end that streak. And boy, did they ever, in absolutely just blowout fashion. It's one thing to lose a home playoff game as a number two seed against a number seven seed. It's another team... It's another thing to get completely routed on your home field and be down four touchdowns in the second quarter of a playoff home game. It was like the Dallas Cowboys didn't even look at film all week. I don't know what in the world they were doing. Nobody out here does. It's just head-scratching time here in Dallas. We're going to talk about them momentarily and a little bit more about and basically spend a lot of time on that game. But I also want to talk about the Sunday night game which was a great game. I figured it would be. I figured this was going to be the best game of the weekend. I think I said that on Friday. Dallas at Green Bay was going to be the second best game. It wasn't, but um, Lions win it 24-23. First playoff win since 1991. You might not have any sort of rooting interest in the Detroit Lions, but they're a good story, and it's impossible not to like their head coach, Dan Campbell. It's a great story to see that franchise and to see that city get a playoff win at home. And now, you know, they thought they were going to have to go on the road. They thought they were going to have to go back to Dallas where they were two weeks ago. And they had that whole referee scandal and, you know, checking in with the referee, all that stuff. They thought that that's where they were going to have to avenge their loss to the Cowboys. Nope. They're going to now get another home game with a chance to go to the NFC Championship against Philly or Tampa. Winner of that game goes to Detroit because the number one seed plays the lowest remaining seed. Green Bay won. They're the seventh seed. You can't be any lower than the seven. So Green Bay automatically punches their ticket to San Francisco by winning that game. And Detroit is going to get Philly or Tampa Bay. I'm telling you right now, I'm betting Detroit next week because I said it before the game to one of my friends who's a Detroit Lions fan. I said, this is the game. You know, obviously, playoffs, anybody can beat anybody. But I said, this is going to be your tougher game. You get by this game, I think you will be almost feel relieved because you'll have gotten the monkey off your back and you have a team like Philly or Tampa Bay coming in. Could they win? Sure. But Detroit has to feel a little bit better about themselves because that Rams team is tough as nails and Jesus Puka Nakua is going to be a fantasy football stud for years to come as long as he doesn't get hurt. But I'm going to talk about something uh, when we get back from the break. I'm going to talk about something in regards to a scheduling snafu that could be on the horizon and then just break down what the hell happened to the Dallas Cowboys and where they go from here.
So there's still a couple things that need to happen, and this is what has to happen. Tampa Bay needs to win tonight, and Tampa Bay needs to win next week in Detroit. And the Packers have to upset San Francisco next week. What will that mean? That means that we will have a Tampa Bay-Green Bay NFC Championship game Sunday, January 28th, in Tampa. Why is that relevant, Steve? What do we care? Well, it's relevant to me because January 27th, the night before the Royal Rumble for WWE is scheduled for Raymond James Stadium. They're not moving wrestling pay-per-views. That is one of their biggest four of the year. And all it means to me is, and if you've ever been to a wrestling event, especially a pay-per-view, it is a lavish setup on the field. They're going to have stages. They're going to have chairs. They're going to have a ring. They're going to have scaffoldings. And yet the very next day, if all those three things happen, is it likely to happen? No. Tampa might lose tonight. All I'm saying is if, if we get a Tampa Green Bay NFC Championship, that means Tampa gets to host. It's the only way they can host the NFC Championship game because the Rams are out. So the only team that they have a better seating than, and and they would be beating Philly next, you know, and they would be beating Philly tonight. So the only team left that they have a better seating than is the Packers. So the Packers would have to beat the Niners, and Tampa would have to win tonight and next week in Detroit. Slim, but it could happen. But can you imagine? Like, I don't know what they would do. I mean, they're still going to play the game. But what I'm saying is the WWE is going to, that event's going to end at like midnight Eastern time. And there's going to be a football game literally 17 hours later. It's going to take a few hours to break down that whole construction that WWE puts up for their pay-per-view events. And then Tampa has to go in, like paint the field. They got to do all that stuff. Usually they do that days in advance. They won't be able to start doing that until, I don't know, four or five in the morning, the day of the game, not to mention how beat up I would think the field would be. This is just my little thing. It's probably not going to happen, but just keep it in mind. And I'm guessing when WWE scheduled this, they just assumed, well, there's no way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be in the NFC Championship game the next day, are they? Well, it's a possibility now. Dallas is out. That means that Detroit could certainly lose at home. I don't think they will. And I don't think Green Bay is beating San Francisco, but you never know. Nobody thought Green Bay was going to be beating the Dallas Cowboys by four touchdowns in the second quarter yesterday either. So just something to keep in mind. But, boy, what a clusterfuck that will be. That field is going to be tore up if that happens. And I'm just curious to see what happens. I I don't think the NFC I don't think the NFL's moving the game back and I don't think the WWE's postponing it a week. They're Royal Rumble. So I don't know. I don't know what happens, but keep it in mind. So let's talk about this Dallas loss. There are so many things to talk about with this Dallas loss. Do you realize with this loss, the Green Bay Packers have as many playoff wins at AT&T Stadium since it opened up in 2009 as the Dallas Cowboys do. <laughs> The Packers have as many wins in that stadium in the playoffs as the Cowboys because the Packers have three. Same with the Cowboys. The Packers beat the Cowboys in 2016 at AT&T Stadium. They beat the Cowboys yesterday at AT&T Stadium, and they won the Super Bowl in 2011 at AT AT&T Stadium. And the Cowboys only have three wins at home 
since that stadium opened. Romo has one. Dak Prescott has two. That's it. (laughs) Dallas is the first team to win 12 games, three straight seasons, and not get to a conference championship. It's never happened in the history of the NFL. Mike McCarthy, since winning the Super Bowl in 2011 with the Green Bay Packers, is 5-9 and nine in the playoffs. And we all know the statistic, no coach in NFL history has ever won a Super Bowl with two different teams. That streak is going to continue now, I believe, this year, right? Because in the NFC, we've got uh, the Niners, Kyle Shanahan, he's never won. Any, he's never won a Super Bowl. Matt LaFleur's never won a Super Bowl. Dan Campbell's never won a Super Bowl. Nick Sirianni's never won a Super Bowl. And Todd Bowles has never won a Super Bowl. So anybody that wins it out of the NFC this year is winning their first Super Bowl. In the AFC, who do we have left? Sean McDermott never won a Super Bowl. Mike Tomlin has won one, but with Steelers, he'd be winning it with the Steelers this year. Um, D'Amico Ryans has never won a Super Bowl. He's in the running. Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, he has won a Super Bowl, obviously, but he's won it with the Chiefs. So if he won it this year, it'd be with the Chiefs again. So yeah, outside of Andy Reid or Mike Tomlin winning the Super Bowl this year, we're going to have a first-time head coach winning the Super Bowl. But yeah, no one's ever won it with two different teams. I mean, the statistics go on and on for days that are just slapping the Cowboys in the face silly. Do you know who has the worst playoff record by a quarterback in NFL history in the playoffs? With a minimum of five starts, Dak Prescott. He's now two and five. Alex Smith is also two and five. Billy Kilmer was two and five. Since 1995, the Carolina Panthers have nine playoff wins and two Super Bowl appearances. Since 1995, the Dallas Cowboys have eight playoff wins and zero Super Bowl appearances. I mean, shall I continue? Not only does Green Bay have the same amount of wins at AT AT&T Stadium in the playoffs as the Cowboys since that stadium opened, they just own the Cowboys all all together at AT AT&T. They're 6-0 all time now playing at AT AT&T Stadium. They're 3-0 against the Cowboys at AT AT&T during the regular season. They're now 2-0 against them in the playoffs and they're 1-0 in that stadium in a Super Bowl. <laughs> like, I saw that stat yesterday, and I, I sent it to a friend of mine, and you're just like, wow. Overall, Dallas or Green Bay, wherever the game is played, Green Bay is 8-1, or excuse me, now they're 9-1 against the Cowboys since 2010. Never lost at AT&T, 6-0 now. I just read you those six. And now they've won the last three times they've played um, playoff games against the Cowboys three times. 2014, they won in Green Bay. That was the Dez catch or no catch game. The 2016 game where Aaron Rodgers had the ridiculous throw and catch on the sideline to the tight end. They kick a field goal as time expired. And then yesterday's route. So the question now becomes, what do you do if you're the Cowboys? Mike McCarthy went 12-5, and five, three straight seasons in a row. And there is a good chance he's going to lose his job. Because he is 1-3 in, in the playoffs. And with Jerry Jones being 81 years old, we don't know how many years he has left on this planet, that guy wants to win a Super Bowl as badly as anybody. And I've, this, is my, this is my personal opinion. 
Look, I'm not a Cowboy fan. I don't care what they do to Mike McCarthy. If he gets fired, he gets fired. It's part of the business. Does it suck? Of course it sucks. And it just goes to show that the regular season does not matter. How many times have I talked about this? Baseball, great. Dodgers win 105, 110 games every year. Tell me what you do in the playoffs. Nobody cares about your regular season. And nobody's caring about 12-5 and three straight years. Great. They're great during the regular season. What did I tell you all season long as the Cowboys were blowing out bad teams at home? I said, come playoff time, if they lose in the playoffs, do you know what all these wins by 30 points and 40 points at home are going to mean? Absolutely nothing. And they didn't. Remember when the Miami Dolphins put up 70 points at home and beat the Denver Broncos 70-20? to Does that matter anymore that they lost 26-7 and looked horrible in a playoff game? Nope. You remember when the Dallas Cowboys went 8-0 and at home this year, averaged 37.5 points a game at home this year, and going back to last year had won 16 straight home playoff games? Remember that? You know what it means now? Absolutely nothing. Nobody cares. It's a fact of life. What you do in the playoffs is all anyone remembers. Nobody is going to remember three straight 12-5 and five seasons, unless you're just a delusional Cowboy fan that is still trying to hold on to some sort of hope that things are going to be different next year. Do you realize that Dak Prescott counts $60 million against the salary cap next year? So anybody that's saying, oh, we need a new quarterback, we got to get rid of Dak. Really? First off, how are you going to get rid of him? He's going to be $60 million of dead money against your cap next year if you cut him. Maybe you can expend that out over two years, but you're really just going to eat $60 million and fire him essentially? No, that's not happening. And number two, let's just say you want to move on from Dak. Who are you getting that's better? Are you trading for Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff or Brock Purdy or Jalen Hurts? No. You're picking in the 20s in the draft. Are you going to pick a rookie quarterback and say, nope, we're going to give him the starting job next year and Dak's going to be our $60 million backup? That's not happening. So all these people screaming about how to fix the Cowboys – $60 million of your salary cap is going towards one player. One player that, unfortunately, hasn't been able to produce in the playoffs. Yes, did he throw for 403 yards yesterday with three touchdowns and two interceptions? Yes. But we all know those were empty numbers. He was down 27-0 on his home field before he even started doing a damn thing. And here's the thing. I said it last year. When he didn't play well in the playoff loss to the Niners, and I'll say it again this year, Dak Prescott is literally one of the greatest guys in the NFL, if not the greatest. Nicest guy ever. A guy you want to root for. A guy that has admitted mental health struggles. A guy whose brother committed suicide a couple years ago. A guy who came back from a broken ankle three or four years ago. Jace, like a kid, you know, you don't want to make athletes your, you know, have your kids have athletes as their role models, but Dak Prescott is about as close as you can get to being a role model for children in sports. Just a great, great guy. So I hate the fact that he's going to be shit on, along with Mike McCarthy and along with Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator. But he's going to be taking some because everybody knows the statistics yesterday were all empty. They were all when they were down four touchdowns. You know, what are you going to do? 
What do you do if you're a Cowboy fan? I'd love to hear from a Cowboy fan that knows the solution. The bottom line is there is no quick fix. Here's my thoughts on the Cowboys. This is going to end at some point. They're going to make a run in a playoff season one time and get to, the, and, and get to a Super Bowl and win it in my lifetime, I think. <laughs> but here's the thing. I think they're going to do it on a season where they're the four, the five, or the six seed. I think this franchise, because they've been so unsuccessful for 29 seasons and counting now, there is too much pressure on a good Cowboy team to succeed in the playoffs. It was all right there for them this year. Got the number two seed because the Philadelphia Eagles choked down the stretch. You had two home games to get to the NFC Championship game, and you couldn't even win one. You couldn't even beat the seven seed at home, and not only that, you got embarrassed. How many times yesterday was Aaron Jones just taking a handoff and just running for eight to ten yards? How many times was a receiver running down the field wide open for the Packers. Like it was just a complete and utter embarrassment and a collapse unlike anything Dallas has ever seen. They've had bad losses in the playoffs. They've had bad losses at home in the playoffs. But nothing like that one. Nothing. I'm sorry. That was the worst playoff loss in the history of this franchise. For what was at stake, for everything this team had produced during the year, when I just kept saying over and over, I don't know how good they are. They're not beating anybody good. It doesn't impress me when you beat the New England Patriots and the, and the Rams and the Jets and all these horseshit teams, the Commanders at home and, and the Giants by 40 and all that stuff. Those teams weren't any good. Those aren't the teams you're going to be playing in the playoffs. What happens when they played playoff teams? The San Francisco's 49ers spanked them. The Buffalo Bills spanked them. <laughs> you know? The Miami Dolphins beat them. It's like they failed every test, and it's very easy to overlook when you have this offense that just kind of runs up and down the field and blows teams out and puts up all these great points. But, hey, their last two two of their last three home games struggled with Seattle, 141-35, could have been beaten by Detroit. Remember that game, 20-19. to So it's like when they played teams that were halfway decent – they don't just go out there and boat race them. But they do it to all the bad teams. But I don't know what you do. If they fire Mike McCarthy again, I can't say I disagree with it. The whole point is to what are you doing for me in the playoffs? Did that team look like they were remotely prepared to play the Green Bay Packers yesterday? You can blame it on the offense all you want. The bottom line is the defense didn't do anything. The defense in nine possessions gave up seven touchdowns. And one of those possessions was them just running off the clock at the end of the game. Weren't trying to score. So in the first eight possessions of the game, you gave up seven touchdowns in a playoff game on your home field. Unacceptable. I mean, they couldn't even hold them to a field goal at any point or two or three and give up four touchdowns and three field goals. Dallas Cowboys scored 25 points in the second half last night. So down... What was it? Seven? It was down um, 27-7 at halftime. Dallas scored 25 points in the second half, but they never stopped Green Bay. So you can't blame it on the offense. You can blame the offense for not starting hotter, but I'm sorry. That loss was on the defense yesterday. 
a defense that got praise all season long. And Dan Quinn is going to get a head coaching job next year because he's so good with this Cowboy defense. Did Dan Quinn just cost himself a head coaching job? And if you're the Cowboys, do you bring Dan Quinn back? Are people going to be excited in Dallas if you bring Dan Quinn back? Like, oh, shit, we thought we were going to lose him to another team, and we get to bring him back. Really? After what he just produced in the biggest game of the year yesterday, you want him back? I certainly don't. I, I just I don't know even I don't even know what to do. And I'm not a Cowboy fan. That's why I'm just like everything is on the table. Everything. Jim Harbaugh is on the table. Bill Belichick's on the table. Pete Carroll's on the table. Like if if my gut, my gut is telling me that Mike McCarthy's gone. And the Cowboys are going to bring it. They're not going to bring in a coordinator. They're not going to bring in some young hotshot. I think they're going to go after an established guy. Which, <laughs> you know, again, all three guys that I mentioned. Bill Belichick, well, at least Belichick and Carroll, if they come here, well, you know what the stat is. <laughs> They're not going to win you a Super Bowl because no no coach has ever won it with two different teams. And how good is Bill Belichick? Four years removed without Tom Brady, he's been terrible. So how do we know how good he is as a coach without Tom Brady? And he's 72. Do you bring Belichick in? Do you bring Carroll in? Do you go and just go balls to the wall and say, fuck it, let's get Jim Harbaugh in here. <laughs> anything is, I mean, at this point, I'm telling you right now, anything's possible. What isn't possible is Dak Prescott not being the quarterback of the team next year. He's going to be there. Unless they can unload him and some other team wants $60 million against their salary cap next year for a quarterback who's 2-5 and five in his career in the playoffs. He's your quarterback next year. So, Basically, you run it back with this same group and people are just going to be like, you got to be kidding me. Or you bring in a new coach and that new coach has to somehow, some way, make Dak perform better in a playoff game. And we're not going to know that until next January. So, Cowboy fans, enjoy it. you got a hell of a long 12 months ahead of you. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. If you can, my daily roundup is up. Uh, if you want to go check that out. Um, if you're interested in Reality Steve merch, I have a merch store up now. The link is in my Instagram bio. It's also in my Instagram highlights and also the pinned tweet on my Twitter page if you want to check that out. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.